Promo Kitchen is an all-volunteer, nonprofit organization committed to the advancement of the promotional products industry through education and mentorship. If you want to get more involved, please visit us on the web at promokitchen.org. One of the ways you can get involved is by donating to our cause. We rely on our community for financial support to help cover the cost of producing our educational content and our networking mixers. You can donate today right from your phone at promokitchen.org donate. Thank you so much, and let's get started with the show. Today's Promo Kitchen podcast is brought to you by PPAI's Get In Touch campaign at the PPAI Expo, which is coming up January 13th to the 17th, 2019. The PPAI Expo continues to build a lasting legacy by creating an extraordinary promotional products trade show experience. Industry professionals love the PPAI Expo, so much so it continues to be the largest longest running and best attended promotional products trade show in the world. Make your plans to join the industry's movers and shakers January the 13th to 17th, 2019 at the Mandalay Bay Convention Center in Las Vegas, Nevada. Register today at expo.ppai.org. This podcast has also been brought to you by our good friends at Sanmar. Sanmar believes in the power of promotional products. Since 1971, this family-owned apparel supplier has been dedicated to passionately serving customers through trusted brands like Port Authority, Nike Golf, OGO, District, District Made, and SportTech. You can check them out online at sanmar.com. Hi, everyone. It's Johanna from Promo Kitchen. I'm here with Mark Graham, who everyone knows. And today we're speaking with Stephanie and Elisale, who are with Chameleon. And today's podcast is going to be a bit different from what we usually do. We are calling this Stories from the Floor. And we really want to get to the heart of the people that make the wheel turn at companies. We want to hear stories about the person that is setting up the pen on the machine and working in the second and third shifts at companies. And we feel like at this time of year, especially, we're seeing a lot of the power list and hot list and top 50 this list. And we're seeing some great names and certainly people that are worthy of recognition. We rarely ever hear about the people that are working behind the scenes and pulling those tiny miracles for us every single day. So we thought it'd be interesting to reach out to a few of our favorite suppliers and hear a little bit about their production teams and hear from them. So with that, we can get started. Hi, LSAO and Stephanie. How are you doing today? Very good. Very good. Good, good. So LSAO, I know we're going to be primarily speaking with you. Can you tell us about your background and how you got involved with the industry and Chameleon? Sure. I started with Chameleon 11 years ago. It's just a friend. He's been working for Camille for 70 years. So he just one day told me, Hey, why you come to work with us? I said, Sure, why not? It's going to be interesting, you know, be working on this business because I mean, I remember when I was in high school, how they make these books, you know, how they make the lines, how did they make the imprint? So I said, Why not? I mean, we're going to learn something new because in the past I've been working at different companies like 
construction and warehouse. And then she started with Chameleon 11 years ago, and now I've been so happy working here. Every single day I've been learning, you know, different tasks, and it's been exciting. It sounds like you've been in some really hands-on roles in the past and using your hands for past work. But I love that you said when you were in school, you wondered about a journal and how the imprint appeared and how it was made. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, a lot of kids in school, they see the books, but they don't really know how we make the lines. I mean, we see different kind of books, line books, a graph, uh, euro, you know, different filler. They don't really know how we make the product. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was exciting to say, yeah, I mean, I want to learn something new, see how we start the book, and soon we see product finish. It's very exciting. I love that you have sort of a passion for it, and it doesn't seem like just something that you show up and do every day. Because I know for me, I sort of feel like I'm in an advertising marketing industry, and I love commercials and billboards, and I'll constantly pass something and say, wow, that's clever. And I remember being little and being drawn to different ads on TV and commercials. So it's really great to hear that you have the same experience that that always intrigued you. This just was, wasn't something you showed up and you said, okay, sounds like a good job. I'll take it. So I love that. Mm-hmm. And obviously Chameleon's a great place to work. So it's nice that you've been there for 11 years. That's certainly a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, when I start from Pierre and Chameleon, I start from zero, you know, I say, okay, I'm going to have something new. So since the first time I started in 2007, I say, oh, I mean, I want to learn, when I start, I start watching different kind of machines, imprint machine, current machine, pressure machine, and then I say, one day I want to learn every single machine. <laughs> so, I mean, for the past year, I've been learning different tasks, like pressure, foil stamping, pad print, and then it's been exciting for me, I mean, learn new tasks, you know. I'm still learning. <laughs> I mean, I think we all are every day. <laughs> every single day, we receive new machines, new items, yeah. and we're still learning. We're still learning to get more products to mm-hmm. our customers. I think that's what anyone that sort of is good at their job can say that every day they're learning, whether you've been doing it for one year or 20 years. I've been doing this almost 13 years, and I definitely learn things every day. So that's great that on your end, you feel the same way. It's almost like the story of, you know, starting as the dishwasher in a restaurant and working your way up to the head of the house. You know, you have to start somewhere. Exactly, yeah. You wanted to get through all the levels to figure things out. Tell us a little bit about your day. What time do you get in? Do you have like a schedule? What types of things, you know, interrupt your day? We start a production thing and start early. Normally we start at six in the morning, all production people. But like Teresa and myself, like, production manager, we start at least half an hour early. We want to make sure, you know, how to have ready all the products. That means recipes, cover, paper, make sure person is printing the paper we want to use because, you know, as soon as the people, they get here, they need to start working. And then we need to make sure they had all the tools ready to start working on it because we had a schedule. We had to make sure they on the day finish all the orders what we have for the day, measure, ship on time to our customers. Got it. Is there something in particular on any given day, like yesterday, for example, for everyone listening, we had you know, a call scheduled with you guys and it sounded like someone called in sick, so your schedules had to change a little bit. What types of things really cause major disruption to your day? Is it like a machine? 
that isn't working? Well, actually, yeah. I mean, for me, every single day is different. I mean, every single day we have different issues. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't really worry about the people. It's most like the machines. For example, today, you're going to start cutting in the morning and the machine is down, you know. But the good thing is, you know, we have people with experience. They know what they had to do in that case when one machine is broken. We always have backup machines. So they know what to do. We've been training people for years and they know what we had to do in that case. Like use the backup machine or report immediately to maintenance, you know, make sure they know the problem because as soon as they get here, they can fix it. And then continue working and the others. Yeah, yeah. So I think the biggest struggle is not the employees calling in sick or anything like that. It's machines because they are so unpredictable. You never know if one's going to go down. A journal will get stuck in one. A paper will get stuck. You just never know. Yeah. And so we do have an in-house maintenance team that addresses the situation. But there are some times where they have no idea what to do. And then we're kind of at the mercy of a tech or someone that has to fly in. And then the machine's down for two or three days. And then three orders just got affected because the machine isn't working. And yeah, I think it's just the machines are the biggest issue. And you don't know when one's going to go down. You hope that they never do. Um, (laughs) but sometimes it's just out of your control do you feel like because i'm recording this podcast with you if it's ever my job that's affected you'll push it to the front of the line now yes definitely (laughs) (laughs) as long as i'm not affected i'm fine with that (laughs) (laughs) what happens if i'm always curious about this so i personally always feel like every order is important whether it's big or small and i truly feel that way just because your smallest client could leave and refer, you know, go to their largest client tomorrow. But when you guys are working on production and schedules, what happens when, and I'm not sure what's big to you, but what happens when a hundred thousand piece order comes in that has to get done in three days and you're running 50 other 100 piece orders? Does that ever get like leveraged and pushed around because of the quantity or maybe because the client's a little bit bigger? Yeah, it does actually. <laughs> I hate to say that, <laughs> but If there is a large order, depending on what other orders we have on the schedule, we'll kind of adjust accordingly. So that 100-piece order maybe has an enhanced date of five days from now, which means we can still ship it two or three days to get there in time for an event or a meeting or anything. And also just having the right expectations for our clients to know that we can't complete 100,000 pieces in three Three days. days. It's impossible for us. So we would never want to set ourselves up for failure. Yeah. So it's just making clear to our clients, like, I would love to say yes to you, but I'm going to get you upset because I'm going to overpromise and underdeliver. Right. Of course. Just jumping in here. I'm curious as to whether you've got an example of like a recent project that you've done in the last couple of months that has been something you've been really proud of, like whether, you know, if you want to mention a specific client logo that was on it or a specific project and why you were proud of it. We had one in particular. What one? It's casserole all about we did yesterday. Oh, and with I have the 11. three color imprint? It's four color, color imprint. Color? Oh yeah, because it's oversized. oversized. And then we had to do tongue and tongue and then we had to do the second one and the bottom white and then the green. And then also we had to do the red one on top. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, it's just magic. Two yeah. four color imprint, one journal is. It's difficult. So the registration is hard. Yeah. And also this journal has been a repeat for us. Exactly. So we get it every couple of months. We get it again where they'll then, order anywhere from 100 to 1,000 pieces of it. Because the customer will be asking for, you know, repeat order, repeat order. So we are sure they really like Yeah, that we're doing a good job. Good. With the imprint registration, with the product itself, all of it. Yeah, I can imagine that's really exciting when you get something off the line that you're really proud of. Here's a, another dimension to that question. How often do you see your products in the real world? And what's that like for you? Do you see them often, Jose? Or? I remember like years ago, I saw one journal what we made for Disneyland. Mm. Where did you see it? In Disneyland Park. Oh, you did? So, I mean, you know, it's very exciting you going one day to Disneyland Park and they, boom. There's your you product. You find one product that you guys make in the company. Yeah. It's very rewarding. Yeah. Know? You feel like, look, you know, where's the product? Yeah, a lot of the products we make usually go to company stores or trade shows yeah. or meetings, something like that. So it's not very often that we see them all the time out in everyday life, mm -hmm. in retail shelves or anything like that. Right. And I mean, it's slightly different than, say, a more visible product like a t-shirt or a backpack. Thing. Yeah. But, and Joe, I'd be interested in your perspective in this as well. But as someone that spent many years on the distributor side, it's interesting when a distributor can see a product that they produced in the real world, like it may be at an airport or maybe a conference or it may just be, you know, walking down the street, for instance. I always know that as a distributor salesperson that you get really excited about that because you can say, hey, I made that. Yeah. But we as distributors didn't really make it in the way that the two of you make products, <laughs> right? Like, you know, there's no question that I think sales people and account people play an important role in the whole process, but we're not the ones who've really got our hands dirty. So I can imagine LSAO when you mentioned that you'd seen your product, that must have been a really cool feeling because you would have known that maybe you got a paper cut when you had made that product <laughs> and, and you know so your connection to it is that much more maybe more visceral <laughs> than say myself and joe who just simply sold that product exactly yeah we had a coworker. i just sent him a slack but he bought a collectible video game and it came with this whole little promo kit and within the promo kit was one of our journals yeah so I'm trying to figure out what game that was that he bought. So that was intriguing to him that he actually, he had no idea that this one journal would be in the promo kit wow. <laughs> for the game. <laughs> That's amazing. What's it like working for Pierre? We know Pierre as a visionary entrepreneur, does a really great job of interacting with clients that he sells to, but what's he like to work for? He wants everything that leaves the production floor to be perfect. Okay. And he hates when something leaves or something reaches a client's hands that isn't perfect. <laughs> of course. Yeah. It's an art to him, you can tell. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's not just a commodity. I was going to say one more thing and then, Joe, back to you. I was more wanted to make a comment that I had the opportunity to tour the Chameleon facility about a year ago and came in with a couple of colleagues and... Pierre was very generous to host me and a few other folks at the head office. And it was fascinating walking around the manufacturing facility and Stephanie and LSA, we possibly may have met 
at the time. Yes. And it was just so interesting to see not only how you made the products, but what I thought was even more impactful was this idea of this manufacturing culture that was created that felt very special to me. Like it felt, it was hard to put my finger on it, but it felt like there was a real energy throughout the place, like a real sense of pride that you were making something that mattered as opposed to just making something that you just needed to get out the door and you didn't really care about it. And for me as someone who has been always involved in selling the products that you produce, that was a really cool feeling. So I'm not just saying that, but that was my outsider perspective and not having a manufacturing background. It felt like there was something special going on there in an almost a very tactile way. There was just a neat energy. It also is a credit to the two of you for really being amazing members of the team. So congratulations to that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Sort of switching gears here. In terms of products, we know that you guys, especially now because you're involved in packaging, which must be fun and challenging. (laughs) What's one of the most difficult products to produce or decorate? I mean, we don't really have anything special, but there's a couple items that we have to make sure has to be very nice packet and then make sure there's no scratch in the box. Mm -hmm. I think one of our hardest products, it's called our Westport, our four-color process Westport journal. It's a perfect bound journal. And just the material itself, because it's printed four-color process, we can't use a glossy finish, which kind of helps protect the ink on it, the print. We have to use an uncoated, which then scratches easily. Just running it through the machine is difficult. Everything, we have to be very sensitive to it. (laughs) And it's one of our more popular items. Because it feels like a completed book, not just a journal that you can write in or anything like that, but it feels like a completed notebook. And so we make one right now for her connection. And it has, I think, eight inserts spread throughout it. It has a daily log. It has line sheets. It comes with stickers. And it's just, it's a really nice finished product. But the process to get it completed is very time consuming, very time consuming. I mean, especially because we have to clay the inserts, the paper. Yeah, yeah. So the inserts are collated throughout, which we hand collate. So there's an insert, there's line sheets, there's another insert, there's a calendar. And all of that is hand collated throughout the whole book. But yeah, I think just the product itself is just very sensitive to scratches and nicks and all of the above. So that's one of the most difficult ones to do. So how do you protect that when it's shipping? Just shrink wrap them all? So we actually cannot shrink wrap them. We actually put them in a poly bag because the shrink wrap melts the toner on it. So we have to poly bag it. We wear gloves, just like latex gloves when we handle it. And And just making sure we have enough overs as well, just in case one does get scratched throughout the process. So that's a really good example of something I would have never thought about when placing an order or even seeing the final product. So that's really useful information. I'm going to actually throw a curveball at you. This was not on our like our list, but are either one of you, and it's okay if you're not, are either one of you familiar with promo standards? I am, yes, because I'm more inside. So I'm, I guess the way you would put it is I'm the client contact for LSAO. <laughs> okay, that's great. So when... You receive an order or you have instructions to print something or deboss or whatever it might be or foil stamp. Alessio, by the time it gets in your hands, are the instructions extremely clear with no room for question? 
meaning Johanna Gottlieb from Axis sends you an order. Are all my orders to you clear? Do you have questions? Where is, is there ever like a disconnect that Stephanie has to get back to me because she's asked, you know, doesn't know if it should be left corner or right corner or two inches or three inches? Where's the process that he gets the exact size, dimensions, everything? So there are questions. So we have pre-production processors that process every order. And so they try to get as much information correct before giving it to LSA on the production team. But there is times where a foil color, we can't match it like exactly. We then have to reach out to the client to say, hey, is this close enough for you? If not, we kind of have to go a different direction with your whole order. One thing that does kind of get mixed up, I guess, in translation is blind deboss or a tone-on-tone or is a true blind deboss. And we do have standards for our products, but sometimes a client wants a true blind deboss and not a glossy black hot stamp like we do. And so it's just making sure that that's very, very clear. I know that Elsa is probably going to jump on this too. Our production team, although some understand English, most of them only speak Spanish. Okay. And everything we do and everything we submit to them is in English. It's in English. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, all production thing on the back is Hispanic people. Most of them are from Mexico and South America. You know, there's always questions on the orders. They always have, like you say, it's going to be tongue tongue, it's going to be bandibos. And then we have to help with Jose and also the production yeah. team speaks Spanish. Yeah, so our whole pre-production team, besides me, but I'm learning, <laughs> all, speaks, yeah, all speak Spanish, which is very helpful. ¿Cómo se dice D-Boss en español? Presión. Got it. Good to know. Mark, that's how you say D-Boss in Spanish. I'm learning something. Impresión. Yeah, impresión. <laughs> impresión es imprint. Presión es, es a D-Boss. Es press, pressure on the cover. And the journal, I mean, the cover. That's, that makes sense. That's cool. Yes. And I, I asked about promo standards because I know I'm certainly not perfect. Everyone at Axis certainly isn't perfect. And I know... Like there's a lot of suppliers out there that have sort of issues with the way orders come in because taking the time to sort through all the details and facts is what can slow something down. So I was wondering just how that got to the sale so that he had no questions. So you guys answered that really well. Thank you. Perfect. A question for the two of you. I'm curious as to where each of you see yourselves in the next five or 10 years. Still here with Camilio. I mean, I really like my job. You know, I've been doing this one for 11 years. Doing this every single day is, for me, it's like very exciting, really learning something new. You know, soon we're going to have new machines, our engine machine, mm-hmm. and, you know, new product. So you see every year new items, you know, mm-hmm. because, I mean, we don't stop only with that one item. It's just every year has new product, you know. Yeah, how do you reinvent a notebook? You know, because... And somehow Pierre and Danielle do it. <laughs> I, I mean, let me tell you, I've been excited when I see Daniel, when he's bringing the new prototype mm-hmm. and then start doing it and then see next year the final products, how the first order, finish it, um, I mean, see it. Yeah. It. Still working for Camilio, you know? <laughs> That's what I... See him fighting, yes. Yeah. I, I don't know you, Stephanie, but. I honestly, I don't even know how to answer that. I've learned a lot with Chameleon. Um, really a lot. <laughs> yeah. 
I started off in the virtuals department, just mocking up notebooks. And now I'm a pre-production manager, kind of LSAO's inside lady. <laughs> so, yeah, I honestly, I don't know. I mean, I have no idea family, what you I know, see. I mean, I started in the warehouse department for like five, six years. And yeah. then jump a different position, like doing supervising and now like production manager. I'm very happy. Like I said, I'm very happy to be working with you, you know, and learn something new for you too, because you're the first one to telling us what we have to do mm -hmm. and the customer. Well, what I think, and thank you for so much for that answer. I know sometimes it's a little bit hard to look out into the future. Five, 10 years can certainly seem like an eternity. I know it does with me and probably you too, Joe. <laughs> and I think my observation is that 11 years, in your case, LSAO, is such a long time at a company. And it's a real credit to you that you've been able to grow and continue to thrive in that environment and continue to do such great work. Because that's really what this industry needs, is that continuity, the, the people at all ends of the production and sales spectrum that people are invested and in, they spend the time in this industry. And I think that that's a good thing for this space. And I think with a lot of suppliers that I've seen over the years, it's really exciting for me to tour the manufacturing and the warehouse sides and you meet people that have been on the job for a long time, which is great, as I say, from a continuity perspective. So I think from that standpoint, it holds our industry, I think, in good stead as we look into the future. So thank you to the two of you for your great work. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I know from my perspective, just listening to you guys speak, you can definitely hear the mutual respect you have for one another, which is awesome. I know I've learned a lot about the culture at Chameleon. You guys recently put together that video about like behind the scenes. That's been really helpful for distributors. Tell me this, do you guys have, and this will be my last question before we wrap up. Do both of you have a good sense of the industry as a whole and the bigger picture or for you? And this isn't a bad thing. Is it really just, you know, Chameleon and really being stuck in that bubble? Because Chameleon's a great company. Do you feel like, you know, this is your job and you love it? Or do you really see the whole industry and sort of the impact of promotional products as a whole? I guess I see it as a whole because I see the distributor side. I meet the distributors. I have that, I guess, that other side of the vision of our company. So I definitely see it as a whole. Has it been a roller coaster these past couple of years? In the promotional products, yes. <laughs> it's affected us, but not with our products. We're staying true to who we are. And we're still here and we're still growing. Yeah, definitely. And what about you, Alessio? Yeah, I mean, when I started, I remember it was a small company. And now, the past year, obviously, the company growing a lot, you know. Mm -hmm. It's still growing. You had mentioned you always notice, like, a journal or a pen with an imprint. I'm sure both of you are realizing now when there, you see like a bag with an imprint or a hat or something else, that promotional products are really everywhere and the impact it can have on, you know, advertising mediums. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's everywhere. Promotional products are everywhere. So it's hard to get away from them <laughs> in your daily lives or any time. Yeah. Cool. Well, I want to take this opportunity. Also, is there anything you want to say in Spanish to sort of end this that I could translate for you that you would be comfortable saying just to sort of finish this off? Well, you know, like I say, Chameleon is... Uh, say it in Spanish. Okay. Well, <laughs> you know, Chameleon, I mean, es, eh, muchas personas que estamos en producción, 
que se esfuerzan mucho en el área de producción para tener nuestro producto terminado para nuestros clientes. So, es, tenemos, son muchas personas que vemos atrás que dan el 100% para tener un, el mejor producto eh, en, el, en, el, en el mercado. La satisfacción del cliente para nosotros como empleados es, es lo primero, el número uno. Y tenemos mucha gente que, que ha trabajado con Camaleón por más de 10, 15 años, que cada día se esfuerzan más y más para, para que nuestros productos sean el número uno, para, como Camaleón, como compañía de Camaleón. Qué lindo, gracias. So he sort of just wrapped it up, sort of speaking for, I guess, your tribe in the back of the house there where he said there's a lot of people on the production floor and they really, you know, come to work and work hard and they really care about the end user and the product and they worked hard together to make sure that everything comes out nicely. I think that's a great way to end it. Is there anything either one of you guys want to say to, to finish this off? You guys, that was a great ending, if you ask me. No, I think I'll say I'll set it all. <laughs> well, no, that's it. Thank you. Thank you very much for this opportunity, you know, to let us know our daily process and everything on um, production floor eh, es, es un es algo uh, que hacemos con con mucho uh, cariño ¿verdad? que uh, algo que nos gusta como empleados y eh, siempre estamos uh, dando el 100% para para nuestros clientes That's awesome. Gracias a usted. So he's just saying they put a lot of love and care into the work that they do. And so thank you guys for everything. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Mark, thank you for this opportunity to record this with you. Yeah, so much fun. Thank you so much. What a real great pleasure. And I think a real treat to everyone in the Promo Kitchen community that they had a chance to hear your perspective. So thank you to the two of you. Thanks again for listening to this edition of the Promo Kitchen podcast. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to the podcast through iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, you can always get involved in the Promo Kitchen community by visiting us at promokitchen.org. You can also show your support by donating to our cause at promokitchen.org donate. We would sincerely appreciate it. See you next time. Thank you. <laughs>